Greetings, and welcome to the How We Do Digital Ministry podcast. I'm Christopher Harris, founder of Faith Growth. You can find us at faithgrowth.com, where we help our church clients build their digital presence and engage with their communities online. On this podcast, I have a conversation with a church leader, and I ask them to share how they do digital ministry in their community. Today, I'm talking with Pastor Ernie Hinosa of Rejoice Lutheran Church in Capel, Texas. Ernie, please introduce yourself and tell us how you do digital ministry. Well, first of all, Chris, thanks for having me. Um, and I think it's extremely timely, obviously, that you're bringing this podcast to folks near and far. Um, gosh, you ask. Uh, by the way, I am Senior Pastor of Rejoice Lutheran Church in Coppell, Texas. I have served there. This is my eighth year. In fact, July, no, no, August 1 will be eight years, which is hard for me to believe. It seems like I just got here. Um, but anyhow, it's been, uh, it's been a great eight years, and obviously it's been a challenging eight years, especially this most recent year. Um, you ask, um, you know, how do we do digital ministry? Well, um, I can tell you it was an inauspicious beginning, uh, literally last year on a weekend in March, we've been hearing like a lot of people watching this, like all week long, that there were closures and limitations and the rules that seemed like were being changed every day. In fact, for a while they were, mm -hmm. and we could not uh, decide, you know, are we going to have church inside? Are we not going to have church uh, in person? And I think Chris, we, we finally figured out on a Friday late afternoon that we were not going to do it. We were going to have to go virtual. Mm -hmm. And we had less than 48 hours to figure out how to do that because we had never done that before. Um, now, I know a lot of other churches have, but um, I think there's also a lot, probably more churches like ours. Where this just, it was one of these things that we knew was probably something we needed to do. Um, but Chris, it's one of those things like it, it's always seems like not, not so urgent, right? It's important yeah. and we'll get around to it eventually. Yeah, well, uh, time to do so, that tomorrow. Time to do that tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. You know, it just never made it right onto the this week's to do list. Well, it went to the top of the list, like for everybody else. And uh, in fact, um, you're looking behind me. This is my home office. Um, upstairs at my home. And in fact, for the first, I want to say four to six weeks, uh, we set up cameras and we literally did worship from here. Um, right behind me is a television screen you can probably see. Um, we use that for our slides and video visual pieces. And I have my guitar. I play guitar and a couple people come help me out. So man, I'm telling you, you talk about uh, learning on the fly. Yeah. Um, it has been. It's been crazy. So it, it was a, you know, you like most churches were learning on the fly. What are, you know, I've heard many churches, you know, they, the experience, even though it's been crazy just because you were learning on the fly, there's been some really positive aspects. Is there anything that sticks out in your mind from this last year that where, you know, just you saw, you know, you saw the presence of God in your digital ministry? Oh, well, absolutely, Chris. I think, um, it was a surprise to us that we expected our own people to find us. Um, and we been using primarily Facebook live as our platform. We looked at several platforms uh, and that one just seemed to work the best for us. So um, we were expecting our people would find us and they did. Mm -hmm. um, but what the real surprise of course was for a lot of our churches is how many people who were not part of our congregation over the course of several weeks started 
to tune in. Uh, and, and we knew that using the, the data that we get, uh, the uh, analytics data that we get. So uh, we knew people were tuning in and it turns out there were people who had heard of us from family and friends. And in fact, we had people who had been members with us years ago and maybe moved out of state or just were not in the local area. So that was, um, and that, that was really awesome to know that um, really what was happening is God opened a door for what we're really calling our, uh, we have a digital congregation now, wow. which we never thought we would, and we didn't expect that. But really, that's that's a huge thing to be able mm-hmm. to communicate and connect with people um, all over. And so that was a great uh, a great surprise in a good way. Cool. I like that that you're even you know you're even naming it as this is a part of us this digital congregation. It's not just yeah. hey, we got some people that show up. No, it's part of our congregation. I like that. Um, I think that's important uh, as we try to figure out how we're moving forward that we name it. Um, Yeah. Well, really, in fact, um, because, uh, and of course, it's not all been terrific, like how to connect with people, how do we identify people? You know, as a church, our mission is to grow disciples of Jesus um, who reproduce, basically, right? It's disciples who make disciples of Mm -hmm. Jesus, what Jesus in Matthew 28 told his disciples, right? Go make disciples. So, you know, the fundamental purpose of the church hasn't changed, but um, man, um, and I think we probably do a a pretty good job of helping people grow in faith and discipleship locally. I think we've been good at that, but how to do that digitally with somebody who's not present and how do we even identify who these people are? And because you can't, you can't develop a connection with them if you don't know who they are, right? Exactly. Um, so, man, I'll tell you, we've been down some rabbit holes trying to figure that one out. Um, it turns out uh, a lot of people are asking that question. And to be frank, I don't know that I've heard a really good answer to that. Um, there may be some platforms that emerge that make that uh, a bit more uh, available. But right now it's tough. Um, but it's just been figuring out, like, how do you make disciples and connect in meaningful ways with people who are not in your local area. So they're not just tuning in like watching TV as spectators, right? How do you build relationship with people in that? And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, Chris, we're, uh, we're experimenting and trying stuff. I don't think we're anywhere near where we want to be, but you know, the progress has been slow, but it has been fun to watch. Well, I, I also like that, you know, you talk about the technology, um, is enabling you to reach new people, but that it's still an outgrowth of the original mission. The mission has not changed. The mission is the same. Um, it's just, you now have a new way to connect with people. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of important to remember because uh, sometimes we get a little too, we, well, sometimes we can get a little too caught up in the technology for technology's sake, but it really is right. the mission that drives it. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Like we talk about it as, um, I mean, I'm the senior leader of our church. So, you know, part of my job is to help set the compass for the, for the church going forward. So this year, really, our emphasis is becoming a hybrid congregation, a hybrid church, which is language a lot of people are using. And it wasn't original to us, but it's still, right? How are we, how are we growing disciples locally? How are we growing disciples digitally? Um, and we understand that's the call. Uh, we have not figured that out, but um, but I'm excited by the possibility of what God might do. Yeah. Well, no, and I like that you know since you're setting that 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 vision and the the compass, as you said, um, you know, I was reading an article yesterday about you know a pastor 
kind of saying, you know, it's not, we don't want to go back. I mean, we have to kind of look forward of where are we being called? And I think, you know, you're setting that expectation that we don't know exactly um, what this is going to look like, but we know it's going to be different. And so we're going to work together and discern together and try to build this where God's calling us. And I, I yeah, think that's exactly. why as well. Um, and not just, okay, we had all these committees and all these activities. Let's just start them all up again, you know. Um, yeah. Well, you know, the good news is God's growing a new church and the bad news is God's growing a new church, right? And uh, I mean, it's pushing us and challenging us. You know, that the good part is we're connecting with new people, right? The hard part is having to figure out. So we almost had to reinvent everything overnight and, yeah. and doing it badly over and over until we figure some things out. Uh, and, and I'll say it, it, what's emerging isn't for everybody. Um, yeah. it, it really is becoming something different. And, and of course, we're praying and hoping that our folks, particularly local folks, will, you know, stay with us and keep moving forward. But uh, I can see already this is this is a challenge and where we have to make change. There's always loss and where there's loss, there's grief. So yeah. that's a huge challenge for all of us in the church world who are leaders because um, we're all having to embrace change. And that means there's there's a lot of grief going on right now. Well, that's uh, I think that's a very good point. And also, you know. I know specifically that your congregation as congregations go is not even that old, you know, but there's still a lot for them to mourn. Cause I believe it was started in the 1990s or eighties. Is that correct? Yeah, man, we just, we're coming up on our 30th anniversary. Okay. I guess we're at 27, 28 years. So yeah, you know, that's not very old for church. Church, And so, yeah, but this is such a significant change that it's not, yeah, that it's still, well, I guess that's for everybody, but I'm just kind of thinking, you know, I think sometimes you, I hear about the churches that are like 80, 100 years old, and like you get that they're entrenched in their ways. Um, and but even churches that are 25, 30 years old are probably very well, brother. A church that's five years old <laughs> in their ways, okay? There's this saying that says, Hey, if you do it the same twice, it becomes a tradition. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we, we just get into those kinds, of, and that's a good thing. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Things yeah. that, that serve us well things that serve the mission of the church that help people grow in faith. Like that's all good. But unfortunately um, there's probably going to be some really good things that we're going to have to let go of in order to pursue what's coming up. Uh, and of course, part of the challenge with that, especially is we don't even know exactly what that is yet. We just yeah. know it's coming. Well, and I think you said something important that uh, a minute ago, like, you know, when you started, we started badly, but we started. And I think, that's a theme that I'm hearing over and over as I talk with churches is like, as we're going more and more digital, we don't know what it looks like yet. And so we just kind of have to start and, you know, we basically come up with a hypothesis, try it. Did it work? Good. How can we make it better? And kind of, you know, just keep iterating um, because there really isn't a good model yet. We're in, I mean, that's one of the reasons I started the podcast here is how can we learn from each other? Because I think um, it's going to be a lot of time, um, of just trying different things. So uh, wanting to see what churches are doing. Um, but you got to start, I guess, is kind of what I think. You have to start somewhere um, and just try, even if right. it's ugly, ugly at the beginning. Well, you know, man, it's coming, right? So either you embrace the change and lean into it. You can fight against it if you want. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't go well. I think what it does is it, it helps to relieve some of the short-term anxiety because you're keeping things the same. Mm -hmm. But in the long run, it doesn't really serve us. And so 
I mean, that's a conversation we're having now. Like, what are the things that are fundamental to who we are that are unchanging, right? Yeah. And then we want to hold on to those things. What are the things that are fundamental, but we probably should re look at them a bit differently and tweak them? And frankly, what are some of the things that have meant a lot to us, but we're just going to have to let go completely? So just even having that conversation and then deciding what goes in which category can, can be difficult too. Uh, so, and, and this is going to be happening for years. So this is not something we have to figure out today, but it's an ongoing process. Yeah. Well, I think it's an important process. And I think y'all are wise to at least be asking the questions because, um, you know, like, uh, you know, there's probably just a lot of people in our pews, if not some of our leaders of churches that are just really, you know, they have it in their head rightly or wrongly that, oh, you know, by the summer, everybody's vaccinated and it just goes back to the way it was. And there really right. is no back to the way it was because we had that experience. We're coming out on the, because we've had the experience of this pandemic, we're going to come out on the other side different. And yeah. Yeah. So I think it's important. You know, part of that too, time. Chris, is um, we're coming out of this thing tired. Yes. Um, even when, you know, and I have some great people on our staff and great leaders who've done amazing work. They really have. And I'm so grateful for them, but man, when, when you're having to rethink and reorient and pivot, right. And you think, okay, we're going to make this shift and then it's going to stay that way for a while, but then it doesn't. And you have to move it again and you have to, I mean, it just wears on you, brother. It just gets, it gets tiring. Like you just, plus we're all dealing with our own normal kinds of disruptions at home with, our spouses, our kids, whatever, right? So we got all that baggage like everybody else. Um, and then, of course, people in the marketplace having to deal with different changes in their work. So, uh, you know, that's another piece here is, is we're being challenged to orient and to innovate at a time when a lot of us don't have a lot of juice in the tank, right? Like we're already yeah. kind of tired. Um, and, you know, you don't want to be tired when you're birthing something new, but we don't have a choice, right? So that's kind of where we find ourselves. And I bet a lot of the people watching this uh, would probably shake their head and go, yeah, that's, that's us too. And I mean, some of the best leaders I know, it's not about good or bad. It just is, right? Yeah. We're in this uh, and it takes a toll uh, on people. Yeah, it's just been a while. Well, not even, mm -hmm. you know, to that end, I even sometimes wonder how, you know, how can we even use technology to help each other out in that, you know, um, you know, because I was talking with a synod yesterday where they've been, uh, they just ask everybody if they were recording sermons anyways, but they upload them to a shared Google Drive. So, you know, pastors could take a week off, you know, could literally kind of go grab a sermon <laughs> and uh, take, a, take a week off, you know. Um, and, I, you know, I just, I think there's a lot of opportunities for us to work together. The technology makes it a lot easier for us to work together than it has been, you know, individual congregations, I mean, to work together in ways that just weren't possible before. Oh, no question. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, hopefully that might help with some of this just, yeah, because the burnout is real right now. Um, we're just yeah. all, I mean, yeah. And that's Well, and you know, when we're already out of eight out of 10 on the anxiety scale, it just doesn't take much, right? To send you kind of off the rails. Yeah. Um, and, and frankly, we've had to talk about that in an honest way with our leaders and staff. And just to say, look, I mean, everybody I'm encountering right now is pretty much walking wounded at some level. Like nobody is functioning at 100%. There's just, we're all impaired. Just not everyone's impaired to the same degree, right? Yeah. So just having a lot of grace and 
and just forgiving one another when we're not our best self in a, in a conversation. And we just have to know that. And, and again, just right, ask forgiveness and, uh, and give grace to other people because we're, we're just, uh, it's, it gets tiring. You know, I get, uh, when we hit this one year mark, man, it's like I hit a wall. I'd done pretty well, but at about the one year mark, I had just had enough and, um, and have just had to lean on some people, some of my colleagues and other friends, because um, it doesn't stop. In fact, now, um, like a lot of churches, we had some water damage from the deep freeze, and we're just finally finishing getting the construction back. So a lot of people are way ahead of us. We haven't even come back into the sanctuary to worship yet. So yeah. it's still all digital. Now, we do have a backyard, a beautiful backyard. So we've been doing outdoor worship on Sunday at 1230. And that's been good, right? Because you're in the you're together. Um, but still like, like we're behind the curve, um, uh, compared to a lot of churches. I know a lot of your viewers have probably been uh, reconvening in the sanctuary for worship for months now. Um, we're just now going to get into that in May. So again, we're behind the curve in that way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, I will say it's been all over the map though. Just, it really depends on the part of the country. Um, but especially since we're both just, sorry, listeners know we're both in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Uh, and the freeze that he referred to was the big hard freeze where we lost electricity in Texas back um, in January. Feeling burned out, you know, natural. And um, and I think your counsel is wise that we have to give a lot of grace and ask for forgiveness. Um, but as, you know, feeling kind of, um, you know, tired right now, um, what's giving you hope as you look forward? Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, um I have uh, people that I work with on our staff and just key leaders have been such champs, right? Sometimes you don't really know the kind of team you have until you're down, right? Like mm -hmm. when things are against you and, um, and it's very difficult. So I've, uh, I've been really, what's hopeful to me is to see how resilient our people are and how resilient our staff is. We have some fantastic people that I get to work with. Um, and so that's been a great, a great joy. Um, and, you know, it's not for everybody. There are certainly people um, that have had a struggle through it. Uh, but, but nevertheless, just to see um, the blessing of the people that I get to work with. And, and you know, the Lord shows up in, une in unexpected ways. Um, when we, we actually got to uh, invite into membership uh, our first persons who aren't anywhere near local and they're members of rejoice Lutheran church. Like that blows my mind. I never even thought that would ever happen, but it has. And, um, and so that's a great, a great thing. Um, and you know, the Lord just, the Lord shows up when, when I come in and, and what's required of me is a 10 and I basically bring a three or a four on a good day uh -huh. to see the way the Lord steps into that space um, and bears us up and bears, frankly, bears me up. Um, you know, there are days I just don't know. I'm in over my head big time. And just to see the Lord kind of help us bring what we need at the right time and the right people is uh, it, it does give me it gives me hope. I like that. The Lord shows up. There's a there's a bit of wisdom for the last year. The Lord shows up. Um, yeah, I mean, in the midst of our weakness, right, as Paul says, right, yeah. is when I am weak, then I am strong because 
I got nothing. And so when something good happens here, it's because the Lord stepped in and did a work, right? I yeah. can't take credit for that. Our people don't take credit for that. And we're, we're regularly asking each other, like, where are we seeing the wins and how are we giving God um, glory for that? Cause, yeah. um, and, and it's one, it's fun to see the Lord showing up over and over again. It's good. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important also, like you just said, taking time to see where are those wins. I mean, that's like, with, even with my team, that's where we start every week on our weekly phone call. What are wins or sell? What are the wins or celebrations we have this week? And yeah. Um, very important. Yeah, for sure. And I'm also so glad that we're getting vaccinated and starting to have more in-person stuff. You know, it's the, in fact, Chris, when we, before we started recording, you mentioned about um, sometimes going to conferences or other gatherings, and sometimes the most important fruitful conversation you're going to have isn't something that happens in the main uh, auditorium, right? It happens exactly. out in the hall or over lunch or okay. a cup of coffee, right? That's where some of the most powerful stuff. And frankly, that dimension of, of our life together in a lot of ways has just right? It, it basically disappeared. Yes. Um, and I'm hungry for that. And I, our people are hungry for that. So as we are moving back into in person, there's, there's definitely a perceived need for and desire for community. Um, and I'm looking forward to, to, to embracing that more fully going forward. That's cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I, I, you know, what's bringing you hope and I, you know, being kind of very open there. I appreciate that. Um, some word, wise words for us today as far as where to find hope in all this um, and what to be looking forward to. Um, you know, specifically what you said, the Lord shows up and then kind of making sure that we're with our communities and as, and, you know, I mean, honestly, getting back. We need that. each other, man. Exactly. We've been um, missing each other. And this is not, of course, I have to be careful when I say stuff like that because then it makes it suggest like our digital connections are like, you know, the B team or they're not as important. They are important, um, but they're just different. So exactly. um, yeah, for sure. Well, that, yeah. And kind of play off that, you know, what does church community look like when it's not based around geography and, you know, your church located at the crossroads of, you know, two streets or whatever. Sure. What does that look like? Well, you know, a lot of it's unfortunately use a lot of zoom. I mean, people use other platforms, man. I was funny. I was talking to a colleague of mine who was saying, yeah, uh, this week we're having a Zoom meeting with our staff to talk about Zoom fatigue. I thought, that's rich. Yes. Um, you know, right. Zoom was awesome at the front end. I think everybody was excited, but it, it got old fast. Um, so I think what, clearly one of the challenges we're finding is a people who are capable and familiar with Zoom. A lot of people are just the last thing they want to do is get in front of a screen again. So I understand that and we're wrestling with that. And the other is we do have some older folks who are part of our congregation where technology really isn't their thing. So one of the things we're having to do now is we're bringing things back online, like small groups and other gatherings, right, that have traditionally been in person. Well, some of them have been gone virtual. Now they're kind of doing both. But what we have to do is we're putting together a, a kind of a technology kit for people. So how do you make your small group or your, you know, whatever group you have, how do you make that a hybrid group? So the people who've been dialing in with you from wherever can continue to be a part of your community when you guys are gathering back in person, right? Again, it's just, 
it's a good idea to be a hybrid church, but actually doing that is complicated. That's a lot of work. But I think that is a lot of work. Well, no, and I think it's wise that you're you're thinking about that and putting those kits together. Um, because yeah, that is it's like how because really what would to me with the digital is like is how are we giving people a new way to experience and knowing that if we have another avenue that's not just coming to us in person at our building right that we're able to interact with more people and so even though it's more work it's open you know it's not you know it's not a um you know some zero game if you will it's not you know this is it's opening us up to new people or you know even some of our own people that travel a lot or you know whatever for work i guess they're not doing that this last year but they will again and anyways you know it's not a zero-sum game i guess it's like we're opening ourselves up to new opportunities um which that excites me, but yeah, it is a lot of work. Well, right. people, it's, it's intimidating for, if you're not a technology person to set it up, right. In a way that actually works for audio and video. And it's not a distraction. Cause you know, this to be true, Chris, that, you know, technology is great, except when it's not working. Right. And then it's just a hassle. It's a distraction and you might as well just forget it. Right. So it has to not, it has to work and be seamless to be effective. And so, uh, and, and that's a pretty big bar for, for some of our people. So we're trying our best to help them do that again, because we want to be a hybrid church. We don't want to be in a place where we're forgetting about our digital congregation because we're back in person. Um, You know, that's not the call the Lord has on us. So it's a both and kind of deal. And and that's a pretty steep learning curve. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, you got me thinking about, yeah, how do we make it seamless for our volunteer leaders so that it just works? You know, anyways, that's probably a bigger conversation for another day. And unfortunately, we have reached that time, uh, or at the end of time, I should, well, not the end of time, that's a bit, uh, <clears throat> um, it's a bit much for just the end of this podcast, I should say. <laughs> it's all the time we have today, folks. I want to thank you, Ernie, for being our guest on How We Do Digital Ministry. I'd like to invite all of our listeners um, and viewers, make sure that you subscribe on YouTube and uh, or subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify, wherever you prefer to listen. Um, Ernie, uh, please uh, tell our listeners how they can find you and follow you online. Um, well, um, you can certainly go to rejoicelutheran.org. Our website is there. Um, you can find us also, if you Google us, Rejoice Lutheran Coppell, which is C-O-P-P-E-L-L, Texas. Um, and you can certainly reach us um, through Instagram, uh, YouTube channel. Um, I'd like to say my Twitter handle, but I just don't use Twitter very much. Um, so not gonna, I don't have that route. But that said, um, connecting with us or, or my email, which is ernierejoicelutheran.org. We'd love to hear from you. All right, we'll be sure to put all those in the show notes so that they can uh, click on those links or your email and get a hold of you. Um, so I'd also, to all of our listeners and viewers, like to invite you to connect with us in another way. We have a private Facebook group called How We Do Digital Ministry. This group is how we keep the conversation going uh, between episodes. So you don't have to wait a whole nother seven days to talk digital ministry. Uh, there's a link, join the Facebook group, and you can join several uh, hundred other colleagues discussing all things digital ministry. Well, that's all for today. Uh, blessings to you and peace. Peace.